everybody. Welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. This is Nerdwide Podcast episode 47. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, without a beard. I know. We'll, we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, of course, to my right here is Mr. Chris Rivers. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm tired today. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was the time change or the youngest daughter getting up at 6 o'clock this morning. It could be either or. I mean, we stayed up late last night watching the fights, so yeah, you never know what it could be. Or it could be the two-and-a-half-hour movie we had sat through today. Yeah, I sat through a movie that lasted as long as I'd slept before I got there. Yeah, yeah, I, I figured. Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you, <laughs> did you end up going back to sleep when you got home? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. So, uh, guys, before we get into everything, this is the NerdWide Podcast. Like I said earlier, this is episode 47. And don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating for on whatever podcasting app you use. If you don't enjoy what you hear or see, make sure you leave us a comment down below and let us know what we can fix and what you did not like if it's something audio or video-wise. Uh, if you want to go the extra little mile, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwine. Toss us a couple bucks our way if you want to do that. Get a little couple perks and goodies that way if you want to. Uh, make because- it rain. How you been the past two? Yeah, right, right. How you been the past two weeks? Uh, I've been pretty good. How you been doing? Uh, well, it was Halloween. We had yeah. some fun. Um, trying to think what else, if anything else happened besides watched one movie over the past two weeks. Should have been two. I realized uh, before we started recording, but it was only one. Um, watched a lot of we'll TV. Get, a lot of TV. We'll get. We'll get to that other movie. Yeah. So, and um, I'm trying to think of anything else happened. Halloween. Do you have any uh, good trick or treating or? Anything? So we we took the youngest. I mean, she's three. So this is her first time actually right. trick or treating, like real, real. So we went yeah. down the the road maybe five houses and let her hit those up, and then we came back home and handed candy out. Well, uh, my wife and a friend handed candy out while I watched football, but. And then, I mean, our candy was gone within an hour, so which is usually how it is for this neighborhood. Just yeah, crazy stuff. And then played some good video games lately. Um, watched a lot of good TV, which is what we're gonna get to in here in a minute. But we skipped a week; just didn't line up. I know that weekend was gonna be hectic last weekend, anyways. Mm-hmm. But. And there weren't a whole lot of news stories to talk about. Our episode maybe would have been 30 minutes. We like to do a good hour, hour and a half show here at NerdWide Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just to have some fun, you know. So let's let's catch up. We've got a lot of things to kind of catch up on um, pop culture-wise. and things. Some fun things to talk about this week I'm really excited about. Uh, but I want to start off with what you've been watching. Man, I, I stuck to uh, Doom Patrol. I only got to see episode 8. Mm, I didn't get to watch episode either. nine. Well, good. Well, uh, nine. Go ahead. Nine was. Uh, I had time to watch it, but it wouldn't play for whatever mm. reason. So, hopefully, they get that figured out. Yeah, they um, got. They got to fix that. I don't remember watching. I mean, I I've been watching some some of the normal, you know, TV stuff that I typically watch when they're putting new episodes out, uh, like NCIS and Blue right. Bloods and stuff like that, but. Some good old football as well. Football as well. I watched Tennessee manhandle Kentucky. It uh, was kind of back and forth, actually. But I went. So we, because last last night was fight night, UFC two fifty eight or two fifty nine, and we watched that from five p.m. until twelve thirty a.m. last night. Which because we always you know watch everything, mm-hmm. and. That was one of the games I wanted to watch because I was realizing on social media a lot of people were talking about it. And I was like, really? And then, because I'm Vanderbilt first and UK second. Well, I don't really say I'm a UK fan. I pay attention to UK. Um, right. And then I saw the score half whatever time last night. And I said, I bet that was a good game. Because, I mean, that was only oh, a three-point difference. I think Tennessee had the ball for about 10 minutes total. Hmm. Of game of clock time, really? Yeah, they were just up tempo and scoring so quickly when they had the ball that 
Did they play at Tennessee or they play Kentucky? They were at Kentucky. At Kentucky. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> uh, hopefully the Steelers, the Steelers do well this week against the Bears. We should win, but that always means we'll lose. And But more importantly, hopefully the Tennessee Titans do well. Semi-well, yeah. well, let me put it that way, against the Rams. I really hope for everyone to stay healthy because with old King Henry out and others tend to keep getting hurt, I hope that he uh, – that's another thing, too. I'm really surprised that last game. Sorry, everybody that wants to hear for our nerd talk. But I was really surprised he played as much as he did last week on a broken foot. Yeah. I mean, he his numbers kind of reflected it. which, But, I mean, yeah. they the Colts had them pegged and knew what they were doing, against, especially against Derrick Henry. So, God, that was a game. That was a crazy game. It was, yeah. I wanted to throw up the whole time watching it. Um <laughs> All right, so I have been – so last time we were talking, I was catching up on Riverdale. I'm still two seasons down, but I'm now to the point where Jamie was, and we're going to start watching it together. But to answer your question from last time, if I got to the episode yet with uh, Luke Perry's death, yes, that was the beginning of this most recent season that I watched, and that was heartbreaking. Um, yeah. They did it in a well enough way that I feel like – because it's hard to do TV deaths when the character has died. Like, they didn't use it as a plot point. I thought they were going to use it as a plot point, but um, not really any spoilers. But so Luke Perry was on the show semi-regularly, not a whole a whole lot. But the episode started off with Archie, which was his son, was just hanging out. And he gets a phone call. He was hanging out with his friends. He gets a phone call that his um, dad got killed. When he pulled over to help somebody on the side of the road, the car broke down and someone wasn't paying attention and he got hit by the car, a car that was coming by. Um, at first, I thought they were going to do like, oh no, because Archie got pissed and wanted to know who, that, who the driver was um, and did all this other stuff. But they, they kind of ended there, but they did a really good tribute. Like they did, um, and you could tell a lot of these, especially the older actors in the show, had a lot of respect for Luke Perry. And you could tell it by their acting. And a lot of these scenes, I don't feel like they're really acting that much. But they right. have a they have a gym in the show that they named after Archie's dad. They call it the Fred Andrews Gym. So and it's got a picture of Luke Perry and his headshot on there. So it's uh they did a good job with it. And they constantly talk about them throughout the show as well, still. Cool. And then Yeah, I wondered how that would affect Yeah, that, that, it went well. I I was not expecting a whole lot, but I feel like the CW did a, a real good job with it, the writers did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then speaking of doing a really well job, I watched the most recent series of Legends of Tomorrow. And again, I, I've said it once a couple weeks ago, and I'm saying it again this week. The CW Arrowverse shows, CWverse shows, whatever they're calling it now, are better when you can binge them. And... Legends of Tomorrow was 15 episodes. I watched it over the span of these past two weeks. And I, I got done this week at like Monday, I think is when I stopped watching it. And it was the episode where McRory leaves within the finale. And there's some more people coming in. But it is one, I think it is my favorite CW verse show. Like, I mean, it's just it's so much fun, no matter what they do. So what is your preferred name for the former Arrowverse? I prefer Arrowverse. But I mean, if they're they're sticking so hard into the CW verse that it's, it's that's why I kind of go back and forth with it. I prefer Arrowverse because that's what it is, and that's what started it all out. That's where all these characters came from. Yeah. Um, besides Star Girl, and that's why I I figure they call it CW verse because you got Star Girl now. Um, there's other shows coming out, right? Uh, Batwoman didn't start off with Arrow. I feel like Berlanti versus. Mm. Well, see, that's hard to do, too, because Berlanti also produces um, Archie and Riverdale and stuff like that. A lot yes. of the CW shows, he's got a hand in. Yeah, plus Titans and Doom Patrol. Yeah, t- Titans, Doom Patrol. I mean, so, I don't, I don't know. I'd, I just like the Arrowverse because it's the OG. And yeah. You can't just change it up now that, you know, the Arrow is done. That's right. just how I feel. And speaking of Doom Patrol, let's get right to it. We'll do uh, Season 3, Episode 8, and then next week we'll do the... Hopefully you're, they'll, they'll get their website figured out, and you can watch Episode 9 and then the finale. Um, I pulled up a little synopsis here. This is by showsnob.com by Colin uh, Gawhan. 
Doggin, however you pronounce his name. Of course, this is full spoilers for the Doom Patrol. Um, so the eternal flagellation begins. Vic Stone is the first up at audience to see a memory of young Victor St and Silas Stone at a toy store. Young Vic is looking for a black superhero toy and throwing the white ones on the ground. Come to find out the store doesn't carry any black superhero toys since they do not sell, which is a whole another uh, issue there. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. After the white store manager accuses young Vic of damaging property, Silas steps in and cools the situation down. Aside, Silas tells young Vic, quote, we don't get to make mistakes. One mistake could cost you your life. Silas ends up finding an army man figure that is black, so Vic can at least have something. When Vic's dad, Bird, appears, Cyborg Vic's transport to the army man's container, and he looks to be a new toy young Vic takes home. So this whole episode, again, really weird. This was all about your subconscious. And yeah. throughout the show, they start calling them subs. So anytime they talk about it, they're talking about their subconscious person, which all of our Doom Patrol members had this. It was cool to see. I liked Vix a lot. I'm trying to think of who else is I liked. Uh, Cliff Steele's was very predictable. Um, Larry's was really cool because it was the wedding of um, him and his wife. And mm -hmm. him telling his mom that he doesn't want to do that because it's not what he wants to do anymore. Um, Jane's was fun when everybody yeah, was puppets. Was. <laughs> and they all came through. <laughs> and just that's just it was, I thought that was fun. Uh, this episode, though, speaking to Jane, everyone disappears. All of her uh, mm -hmm. personalities disappear. And it's yeah. just Jane and Kay, which is something to think about. I mean, that's yep. that's what they were trying to prevent. And it happened anyways. It's what they get. Um, we see more of what Rita's missing history was um, from with Madame Rouge and everything. We found out Madame Rouge... Um, let's see if I'm going to see if they get in here where they actually talk about it. Uh, back in 1949, we see Rita traveling through some ceiling vents and eavesdropping on the Brotherhood of Evil with Laura DeMille. The evil brain robot and militant gorilla are preparing her for a mission of time traveling to 2021 so she can steal all of Miles Calder's inventions and bring them back to 1949 and take credit for them. The two members of the Brotherhood of Evil also give Laura DeMille the name of Madame Rouge, which they all agree has a nice ring to it. Uh, in 1949, Rita and Madame Rouge air their grievances before DeMille goes on her mission to 2021. Rita explains that DeMille's power-hungry self got caught up in the, her world that led to her to turn on every friend she had. Rouge does not care at all, which leads Rita to strangle her, but Laura DeMille shapeshifts into Malcolm so she can escape Rita's grasp. Rita sneaks into the room with the time travel machine and is able to follow through with her, trapping Rita in the resort from episode two. Mm -hmm. So, it was... It was a, a decent episode. I mean, you could tell we're, we're getting ready to set up the finale. Episode 9, for a future spoiler, is the, the penultimate episode, and you see a lot more of um, Kay's subconscious, and Kay and Jane's subconscious. You see, uh, we oh, that's right, We I can't even forget about this. Vic goes through with turning his, his metal body back into synthetic skin. And he's a normal, albeit jacked up, human being now. And he's no longer cyborg, quote-unquote. Um, right. Which is what happens at the end of the Eternal Flagellation. And so the next episode deals with that and the team dealing with it. And Chris, I can't wait for you to watch it because it's quite funny how they, um, how they react to Victor Stone coming back into the house. And it's, 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 it's fun. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, well Rita, at the end of this episode, comes face-to-face -face with Laura, Madame Rouge de Mille, who no longer has amnesia. This is the last shot of the episode for the credits roll until this, the next episode is going to drop with a bang. And it was... I think you'll like episode 9. Episode 8 was kind of okay. You know, I understand why they had it. The subconscious is talking to each other and trying to come to terms with who they are. Uh, a lot of them did come to terms with who they are. Uh, obviously, Cliff is one of the ones that was way too damn hard-headed. And did not come to terms with it. But I think overall it was a good episode. And um, episode 9 gets even better. Which makes me excited for episode 10. So, what did you think? Anything anything stood out to you this episode at all? Well, like you, I just thought Jane had the most fun mm -hmm. um, story there. So, I'm starting... It's always interesting what they do with her. Yeah. And she's so good... Um, 
with with how they use that character. I mean, we've, just... we've talked about in the past, I think with any of these characters, if they had a solo show, I think James would probably be the most interesting, the more they could do with. Yeah. And which I would really enjoy, just a Jane-centric uh, show. But, and second would probably be Larry. Yeah. Which, with this later half of the season with the Parasite, I am very... Episode 9, they kind of do more with it. But like with this episode, I'm just like, I want Larry to have the negative spirit back. Because, I mean, I want him to yeah. be negative man again, or negative spirit, or whatever they call him. Uh, yeah. But I'm ready for him to be back, if he comes back. I'm just... And then Cliff's storyline with the whole Parkinson's thing is kind of cool. Episode 9, I touch about it a little bit more. But we're going to be, I think we're with the end of, because, you know, Doom Patrol and Titans both have a season four coming. I think we're going to be left with a lot more questions on this season's cliffhanger. But, mm -hmm. which is just going to annoy the absolute nonsense out of me because I'm, I'm already ready for the next season. Like Titans, you know, they left it at a decent spot. Like you're you're curious, but it's not you have to have more at this point. I feel like right. Doom Patrol is going to leave us with a lot of questions and really wanting those answers. Yeah, I think you're right. Which is classic Doom Patrol, if we're gonna be honest. So <laughs> uh this episode nine is titled Evil Patrol, and I didn't look up to see what the finale is, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I can't wait to talk about either one of those. Uh, speaking of things we can't wait to talk about, our notable news, we've got four different stories here, and a lot of them I'm really excited to talk about. So number one, Netflix's The Last Kingdom will get its fifth and final season in 2022 with a featured movie after. This is more so geared towards me. Uh, Last Kingdom is one of my favorite Netflix TV shows, or BBC TV shows, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the fact that it's getting a final season in a movie is a little bit exciting. I'm going to IGN.com for this one by Adam Bankhurst. While Netflix's The Last Kingdom will get its fifth and final season in 2022, it was just announced the show will get a feature film called Seven Kings Must Die. As according to producer Nigel Marchant, quote, there was always one more story we wanted to tell. This makes me so excited, Chris, because this show is absolutely phenomenal. Um, as reported by Deadline, the announcement was shared at this year's London MCM Comic Con by Alexander Draymond, the actor behind The Last Kingdom's protagonist, Uhtred, and the show's executive producers. Filming on Seven Kings Must Die will begin early 2022 in Budapest, shortly before The Last Kingdom's 10-episode season arrives on Netflix. Draymond will be part of the film, as will many of the series' cast, along with some new faces. Producer Nigel Marchant added that while Season 5 fully concludes the series, there was always one more story that we wanted to tell. And I, I can't wait. So that'll be fun. It's a good old Viking story. And, you know, I can always go for some more Viking things. Now, Chris, the second one I'm really excited to talk about because previously you have covered this next news story. But now, now it's in my court, baby. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's Superman movie is now a limited TV series. Most well, not a TV, oh. but it's a limited series now instead of a movie. I'm going to Deadline.com for this one by Mike Fleming Jr. Darnell Mateo and Josh Peters are set to write Val Zod, the HBO Max adaptation that Michael B. Jordan's Outlier Society is producing for DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers Television. Val Zod is a story of another Kryptonian with powers who hails from the same doomed planet as Superman. The hero is black and he finds refugee on Earth 2. Like the original Man of Steel, he is sheltered on his adopted planet, but eventually in the comics is pitted against a brainwashed Superman. So... We're going to TV for this one. Um, looks like they're... Let's see. Mateo and Peters are prolific television and feature writers who broke onto the scene with their original pilot, American Snow. Their project, The Noila, sold to Amazon with Sam Raimi directing. Their one-hour pilot, Hannibal, based on the life of Carthaginian General Hannibal, they scripted for Scott Free and Endeavor content. Um... They've, got, they've done a bunch of stuff. Their most recent work on Transformers Rise of the Beast for Paramount Pictures is set for release in June 24th of 2022. They've got an unexpected take on the iconic Earth 2 character's origin story is what they have said. So, cool. I'm all for that. And which we'll Looking forward to it. Hold on to put a pin in the limited series thing because we're going to talk about that uh, with the movie we watched this week. Mm -hmm. Um... Number three here is CW's Legends of Tomorrow celebrates 100th episode this past week with a majority of the original cast making an appearance. Um, 
I saw this picture because a lot of the producers and writers and everything that I follow on Twitter were sharing it out of the whole cast being uh, up together and taking a picture. I'm trying to see if I still have that picture on my phone. I do. Um, they said the OGs are back tonight and watch the 100th episode. So I'll sit here looking at this picture. I'm going to show it to the camera so everyone can kind of see it. If it'll focus. There we go. There are a lot of people missing. As you can see, you can yeah. see Rip Hunter. You can see the Adam in there. You can see Captain Cold in here. Who you don't mm -hmm. see, though, is Mick Rory with Heat Wave, um, which I noticed he was not on there because you know we covered earlier in the summer that he was having some issues with the CW. So yeah. see, not seeing him there is not really that surprising. Uh, Ray Palmer was there along with his wife. Um, I'm trying to think if there was – there was one other person, but I can't think of it right now. But I'm really excited because – the 100th episode bringing everybody back. I didn't know how they were going to do it. I thought they were going to do it or set it up this season that I watched, but they wrapped that storyline. I thought they were going to put them in with this, um, with the finale. So that it never happened. So I'm curious to see how they bring everybody back from time into it with the exclusion yeah. of McRory. So, and then sticking to our CW guns here, Lois Lane's sister will be on season two of Superman and Lois. I'm going to EW.com for this one by Chancellor Agard. Superman and Lois is staging a Lane family reunion in season two and further solidifying its connection to Supergirl in the process, which is what we have cut, which is something we've had questions about since watching Superman and Lois. EW has confirmed that Jenna Dewan will recur as Lucy Lane, the younger sister of Lois Lane, in the CW hero superheroes dramas sophomore year. The actress and dancer originally played this role in Supergirl Season 1, which introduced Lucy as the JAG prosecutor and the ex-fiancé of James Olsen. It's unclear whether her backstory will remain the same on Superman and Lois. I imagine her backstory will stay the same, though, if we're going to be completely honest here. There'd be no reason for them to... Uh, bring no. her back and had that connection. So, no. and then speaking of season two of Superman and Lois, it was announced this past week that it will be back on June, January 11th. So we really, we, we don't have to wait long at all. No, that's <laughs> we, quick. Cause we were thinking early summer again for their yeah. release date. But I mean, you know, the past couple of weeks we've even talked about their on set for filming, but January 11th is uh that's a quick turnaround time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Hopefully they're all doing it safely. Uh, releases this week, well, these past two weeks from uh, November 1st to November 14th. This only one I've got on here is the Supergirl two-hour series finale is November 9th. So make sure you pay attention to it if you're already watching the show. Uh, I will be waiting a couple more weeks till they put them all on Netflix because I'm just going to binge the last season. But from the, the trailer that I saw for the finale – Everybody's on it. Like everybody yeah. that was a part of the show. Monel's there, Wynn's there, and I think James Olsen comes back. So it looked really hype, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to watch it, especially to see how they end it, especially with Superman and Lois on. Mm -hmm. so, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, on to movies. Um, I know you said you haven't watched anything else. Mm -mm. Um, Not this week. Yeah, Not these I, I haven't. I haven't either. It's just it's it's been. You know, I had two short work weeks, but I've had other stuff that I've had to focus on, so I mm -hmm. haven't been able to sit down and, and it watch. It flies a movie. by. It does. It does. <laughs> it's like the work week a day shorter on each week still felt longer mm -hmm. than the five days I had off. It was it's crazy how that happens, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was I was a little pissy about it. Um, so the movie we're reviewing is the Eternals. I want to go ahead and state that this um, Tyler, you said you found this right before we recorded. Mm -hmm. The Eternals has made seventy-one million dollars, the fourth highest opening weekend of the pandemic era so that's a year and a half to two years you have to think for the pandemic era which that's just domestic as well which this movie was not released in your some of your foreign countries that do not show homosexuality and things like that so you're your big money makers 
and the producers and Chloe Zhao and everybody was like, no, they said, we're keeping this in here. So, yeah. I mean, it's a big part of the story. Yeah. Um, where to start with this movie? So, I mean, I, I guess the, the basic thing, if you don't know what the movie's about, I guess some people are still a little confused. When we were leaving the theater, I heard someone talking to the people they came with trying to figure out like they were asking questions like why um and i'll i'll mention this just because it's already been spoiled heading into the movie they were asking why thanos's brother doesn't look like thanos right and and stuff like that so there are things that people are going to have questions about um the answer to that is uh thanos is the product of a deviant variant mm-hmm so that's why he looks the way that he does, and his brother doesn't. But the Eternals, we, we get a backstory on this group that was sent to Earth. Um, 7,000 years ago. 7,000 years ago. And they're put here to only intercede if the situation involves one of the Deviants. Mm-hmm. They are Which not they eradicated involved. pretty early on. <laughs> yeah. So and they've just been waiting the whole time for right. word that they could leave. <clears throat> but they don't know the real reason that they're here. Mm-hmm. Not all of only, them, at least. Only one of them does initially, and then she tells another one. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'll say about yeah. identifying that. But... Um, this movie, going in, you had the Rotten Tomatoes numbers, mm-hmm. right? I've still got them pulled up right now. Like they, okay. So going in before the weekend broke out, it was and is still the first MCU movie that is considered rotten by critics at 48%. And, and I don't know why. No. And that's like... It's one of those things, too. Do you go off of the critic score? Some people go off of critic scores. Most people don't. You know what I mean? But generally, I I don't go off of Rotten Tomatoes scores because mm-hmm. a lot of, like, Venom. Venom's got very poor scores. I enjoy Venom, at least the first one. And I feel like it's going to be the same thing with Morbius when it comes out in uh, two months. But it's got a 48% on Rotten by the critics, 81% by the audience, which tells you everything you need to know. Right, so it's it's one of those movies, if you will. Yeah, put it in um, quotations. I think the big problem a lot of people had, and we'll get to more details that we can cover about the story, but it's not your typical Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. A, you're not familiar with most of these people. I don't think I so the Eternals. I know absolutely nothing about, like and nothing. On top of that. For most of the film, it's not very action-packed. Mm-mm. Well, you've got very like much nine a, characters you have to have backstories on. Yeah. And it's what very they've much been doing dra- and where they are. and It's very much a drama. Yeah. And uh, I think if you go in and you put it up against the other Marvel movies, that's where I think that 41% yeah. of whatever comes in. If, if you're 48. looking at it through a MCU strict lens... Yeah, After if you're every, comparing, everything we've had. If you're comparing this to Endgame. Oh, yeah. that's I could see why then. Yeah. But if you're just looking at it as a film, then it's not bad. Right. It, as as we were saying, and, and your your brother and and a friend of yours were also leaving at, at the same time. We all watched it together. This was not anyone's top pick in mm-hmm. the MCU. But it's not the worst. No, it's, it's no Thor uh, two. So <laughs> it's it's no Dark World. Right. Um, so the Eternals are scattered across the Earth. Mm-hmm. They initially stick together, and they're scattered across the Earth. Um, and so they end up finally coming back together 
when there's this uh, worldwide earthquake. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the story takes off. There is some really good comedy in this. Yeah. Um, good Marvel comedy. Yeah. I'm trying to think of bits that we can talk about that won't spoil. Yeah, that's the thing with, with reviewing these movies um, weekend of, you know what I mean? I think yeah. for me, there was... I mean, I enjoyed this movie. I mean, we're all on the same page that it was a good movie, but, I mean, it wasn't the worst MCU movie. I gave it three stars on Letterboxd, which is about C, C plus for me. And there were a lot of things that hit. And then, like, even at the end of the movie, I was still, like, I'm spoiled. I, I watch everything possible with subtitles just because, mm -hmm. I don't know, if it's not really my hearing's going out. It's just I pay attention more. When I can know the names, I see these things. When the movie ended, we were sitting there, and I was like, I don't know if I could think of half of their names. But when I said they're actually thinking, I could. But like some of these names were like Aramesh, I think, is the celestial. Or I forget the dude's name, the big red guy. Um, the uh, I'm trying to think now. Let's not even done. Is it Amarith? Amarish. It was. It was something weird. Yeah. But like it. That was, yeah, we have Athena, Ajax, Dane, Cersei, Icarus, Kingo, I, which uh, Kamal, non, I'm going butcher his name, Najianis. I, I had no idea his name the whole movie, Chris. I had no idea what his name was the whole movie. So you had Kingo, Sprite, I remembered, Phaistos, uh, I had him. Makari did not know. She was the first deaf girl, by the way, in any MCU property. Um, so we had our first LBGTBQIA plus character in the whole MCU, which is why it's banned and overseas and things like that. Um, so there's a bunch of firsts for this. We had Druig and Gilgamesh. And right. they're not even saying what the other castings are, which are fine. And I, I think it's, uh, it's not given much away once you hear the names like Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. You know, they, Athena. these, these, yeah, these individuals have been around since the dawn of life. They're what some of the stories are on this planet. From yeah. Dawn. So the Epic of Gilgamesh, um, Athena, the goddess of war. Mm -hmm. um, so there's Eros. Yep. Eros later on is, is who, who we do meet here. Um, it's it's a really well put together movie to sit there and it's about the same length as Endgame. Mm -hmm. It didn't even feel like that to me either. Like I don't feel like we sat there for two and a half hours. And I think I was for, I was really sleepy, so yeah. <laughs> it's, so, during a lot of the talking scenes, you were. <laughs> and it was, and that's something for me. The the fighting scenes, especially with Makari, which is the speedster of the group were so fun to watch the way that they mm -hmm. did her super speed and you can see it in the clip from the trailers like it was just so well done and like it felt powerful the way she was fighting everyone felt powerful in their own right and like it felt like their hits were hitting like uh they did a, um chloe Zhao did such a good job directing this like uh, like the infighting scene was so much fun the the first fighting scene or first being introduced to everybody was a lot of fun. And I mm -hmm. felt like the, their powers, we saw all of their powers put on high and we understand what they are now, especially going right. forward with our characters. But yeah. it's, I, I can understand why people didn't like it that much, but then again, I, I don't because it was a really well directed and a very beautiful movie. I wouldn't be surprised if they get Oscars for some of the stuff they did in this film. Um, and it might be some of our yeah. first MCU movies to get some. So yeah, I mean the cinematography, mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I would probably come in on this just a tick higher than you, probably three and a half stars. Yeah. Um, it's if you're patient and you just go in knowing that you're gonna see. A long laying of the foundation and that this is look th this isn't meant to be a standalone 
right? This is meant to set up what's coming next. Right. So if you view it through that lens, I, I think it's a lot better movie than Rotten Tomatoes mm -hmm. or some of these other people who think they know movies uh, have uh, have given have given it. So. Right. I'm ready for what's next, though. I mean, will I watch this movie again? Maybe. I mean, it's not one of those ones like, for me, the Iron Man trilogy or Thor Ragnarok or Endgame or any of the Avengers. Um, but it's it's right up there like Captain Marvel for me, where I've, I've mm -hmm. seen it. I know what happens. It probably won't get a rewatch out of me, though. Um, not unless you're watching all the movies right. in order. Because it... I mean, it was, it was fun. I'm, I'm just really excited for Eternals 2 or when we see these characters again because they set up a lot of fun things. Uh, yeah. They, they set up several fun things. So. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it because now that they've laid that foundation, now they'll it'll be more action-packed mm -hmm. when we see these people again. Build upon their stories. It's going to be a lot more fun. Yeah. Especially with the – so there's two end credit scenes. The second end credit scene was much more fun to me because of the character at the very end that just right. had a voice line. So, yeah. So yeah. We'll just leave it at that. The, the mid credit scene wasn't bad. Mm -mm. Um, but, yeah, that last one. Mm -hmm. Good. Good stuff. All right. <laughs> um, so, next week, we will get around to our Quiet Place review. Because I really want to watch that movie. Just period. I'm just so it, mad to myself. I didn't just think of it at all. I, I, there's no, I mean, I only have an excuse. I, I had no excuse. I just forgot about it. So that's on me, listeners. All right. First up in the news section from Deadline, Justin Kroll has this one. Brendan Fraser to play villain in new Warner Brothers and DC picks starring Leslie Grace. So... Essentially, what this says is Dylan, uh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is coming in to play Firefly. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be the villain in Batgirl. In the new Batgirl movie. Ooh, so exciting. Um. Now. We got. If I remember correctly, on Gotham, we got another version of Firefly early on. Correct. Yes. Because we got. We had two different versions of Firefly. Yeah, because we had the dad and then the daughter. Yeah. So, which, this this news to me is exciting and, again, just shows you how much DC, EU, and DC, and Warner Brothers do not know what they're doing because now you have Brendan Fraser as two different characters in the same uh, comic uh -huh. books. So, yeah. granted, you don't see Brendan Fraser's face that much in Doom Patrol, but you do, you you do. still do see it. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It kind of bugs me. I do think, though, the callback to what you were saying about Eternals and the Speedster mm -hmm. there, DC might want to look at whatever Marvel did. Yep. Start when, paying when replicating. Just don't know why when they're still so far behind. DC. <laughs> um, from Variety.com and Brent Lang and Elise Schaefer, uh, it's a small story that Tyler has no interest in whatsoever. <laughs> oh, so excited. Uh, Dune Part 2 has officially been greenlit. The release date is set for 2023. Mm -hmm. Just two years. I can wait two years. Specifically October the 20th of 2023. I can wait two years. I'm okay with it. I was hoping it was not going to be more than this. So. I mean, it would have been... <laughs> I'm not surprised because it would have been really bad to put part one across the movie screen mm -hmm. and then never just never give a part two. Yep, it's uh, <laughs> again kind of why you don't record Dune, and I'm sure it'll come out you know in a couple years or so. But why they didn't record part one and part two the same exact time? Again, right. this is Warner Brothers, so they don't they don't have their big thinking caps on sometimes. Like with Marvel and Disney, they Infinity War and Endgame were filmed back to back. Everything was contained to no spoilers. We didn't get any spoilers out of any of that, and well, both of those were filmed back to back. 
I can't remember who did Lord of the Rings back in the day. Was it Peter Jackson? No, but the studio. Uh, who distributed that? Was it Lionsgate? Studio. Or no, what Lionsgate was Paramount maybe? I don't know. New Line Cinema. No, wait, that's the new one. Uh, come on, give me, give me the answer. Uh, studio behind. Warner Brothers is doing the new one. So. So New Line was probably the probably original. Probably the old one then. Yeah. So. Yeah. They filmed all theirs together too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, they I'm just, just excited live. though that they announced Dune Part Two. Like we were complaining about it. And then the next week they said, yeah, we're, we're going to make a part two. It's going to get greenlit, which everyone knew yeah. it was because of all the numbers it was putting up. Yeah. They would have been crazy not to. Correct. But it's Warner Brothers again. So. <laughs> Unless they had done part one as a movie and then said the rest of it's going to be a series I on Disney+. I would be Plus. 100% okay with that. Because it's, uh, yeah. it's more and I want more. All right. Third here. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania has added Bill Murray in a mystery role. Now, this was we weren't supposed to know this yet. No, we definitely were not, but uh this was Bill Murray being Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray does what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. So he just put it out there that hey, I'm in the movie. And I'm going to go ahead and already say Bill Murray is playing himself. I I would almost put money on it that somehow Scott Lane comes in contact with Bill Murray and he just plays himself somehow, some way. And I don't even think it's going to be like a big set piece. It might just be something very small, but mm -hmm. we'll see though. He could be more, but it's Bill Murray. So <laughs> I think he probably lands on him and has to hide in his ear or something. Right. He has to do something crazy and fun. Yeah. Uh, next up, Tom Holland. We have some Tom Holland news here, people. Mm -hmm. And this comes from comicbook.com and Aaron P. Ryan. Um, Tom Holland tried to make non-MCU Spider-Man movies with Venom and Kraven the Hunter. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a big pitched, story. He pitched the non-MCU movie ideas to Sony when their deal with Disney expired. Those storylines included a Venom crossover and Kraven the Hunter. In a conversation with Empire Magazine, the Spidey actor revealed that when the future of his character being in the Marvel Studios films was up in the air, he drove straight to producer Amy Pascal's house and began pitching storylines. Well, I want to pause the right there because that shows you the relationship. Because this is Sony's producer, Amy Pascal. Right. That shows you the relationship that he has with his upper management and things mm -hmm. like that to, to drive over there. And he and again, it says so much about Tom Holland as well, that he loves Spider-Man so much that he was like, no, I want to continue the story. And to be going to his boss, essentially his boss's boss's house and drive there himself to pitch ideas to save his character shows you how much he respects and loves his character. So I, I just think that means the world, really. And they were poolside too, people. Right. Like he... <laughs> This his one just quote is, <laughs> yeah. his quote is, on the day the announcement happened, I would no longer be in the MCU. I just drove over to Amy Pascal's house and sat with her by her pool. And mm -hmm. we sat there for hours, just chatting, pitching movies, how we would do a film without Marvel. Does Peter Parker fall through a portal and then he's in the Venom world? Or do we do a Craven the Hunter film? Uh, he's obviously a huge, huge fan. Mm-hmm. He's into this. He's all in on this. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we don't really have to worry about this now. No. But it's good to know that because a lot of times if that had happened, the actor would have just been like, Yeah, it's okay. just a jump. Ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it prime example. Like, eh. I'm on to my next thing. Right. Something else will fill that spot on the calendar or I'll take a vacation. Mm-hmm. But he cared enough to go over there and try to make something happen. All right. Next up from Screen Rant. This was just for you, by the way. And Paul Shirey. Um, Boondock Saints 3 with original stars is happening. Filming starts May of 2022. Uh, all three, Norman Reedus, Sean Patrick Flannery, and Billy Conley 
are coming back. This is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I so hope. So you watch the first two. Uh, they're oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first was released in 1999. Polish fraternal twin Irish brothers Connor and Murphy McManus, who go on a vigilante killing spree to rid their hometown of criminals, all in the name of God. Starring The Walking Dead's Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery as the two brothers. Film also starred Willem Dafoe as a cop on their trail and Billy Conley as their partner in crime. Um, the sequel in 2009 was Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day, which starred Reedus, Flannery, and Conley, as well as Julie Benz and Cliff Collins Jr. So. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's. It is. Gonna be fun. I need to watch the first two. I'll have to find it somewhere. Um. It should be. I mean, Netflix is kind of the go-to. Right. I don't remember. Where to watch the Boondock Saints. But yeah, super excited for that one. And next up, our last movie news item of the day. From comicbook.com. And... Jenna Anderson, Black Panther Wakanda Forever temporarily shuts down production due to Letitia Wright's injury. Um, hmm. So it was broken by The Hollywood Reporter on Friday that the shutdown had occurred and indicates it's due to the severity of Wright's injury, which occurred in August while filming with a stunt rig on location in Boston. The report indicates Wright left for London shortly after the injury, and the film has been shooting around her character of Shuri, but that the Atlanta production has now filmed all that they can without Wright being on set. The rap is indicating production will shut down the week of Thanksgiving and resume in early 2022. From Angela Bassett, who's her co-star in the film, she had a little bit of a fall, but it's not too bad. But she's well, heard enough where they're postponing it until next year. Yeah. And she went on to say, you know, anything like that will shake you up. But she's just a little, slight little petite thing. But she's fine and ready to go. Then, I, I don't know. They, don't know. like other news stories and things that were talking about this, said that it's still, this movie is still planning to come out at the end of next year. Um, and that these, these, the rest of the filming being done at the beginning of the year is not going to push anything else back. But, right. It's, uh, don't know. We'll see what happens. Little worrisome. Little worrisome. Uh, obviously, this week releases um, Eternals in cinemas. And next week, November the 12th, we have Red Notice on Netflix. We're going to have to review that at some point, by the way. Maybe not this well, week coming up, but next week. We'll do that after A Quiet Place. Yeah, because this is the one with Ryan Reynolds, uh, Dwayne Johnson, and uh, Gal Gadot. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, That's yeah. their movie. So that's going to be a okay. fun one. All so, right, Tyler, you are up. So, not again, not a lot of video game news. i got two stories we'll talk about. Uh, but, Chris, you've gotten here on the docket. You've been playing a different video game than normal. What you got? Yeah, I finally jumped over to the Xbox, started picking some stuff off of Game Pass, mm -hmm. and uh, I've got two downloaded right now. Um, one is Empire of Sin. Oh, I've seen that. Which is which is an organized crime game, um, which I'm looking forward to getting into because I, I I really like that stuff. Um, but I started with Tell Me Why. And uh, let me tell you why. <laughs> I I remember vaguely months ago, I think it was on Alana Pierce's channel, mm -hmm. watching a playthrough of this. She enjoys this game. And um, it's just different. It's something that it's not action-packed. Right. It's more of a story. It's, what a narrative game is what they call it. Yeah. And so I, that's what I was looking for to kind of start mm -hmm. off with. Just something I could sit back and 
let it let it unfold. Um, so the basic story is you have um, two siblings. I'm drawing a blank on the sister's name. <laughs> but uh, I think, is it Rachel? I think it's Rachel. And it's on Tyler. my list I want to play. Um, and I just haven't played it yet. Tyler is the brother mm-hmm. uh, who was called Ollie. And uh, they, they were twin, I think twin sisters. Uh, but Allison's her name. Allison, okay. Allison and Ollie were sisters. Ollie has transitioned to Tyler. And um, they actually worked heavily with the LGBTQ community um, when writing this game because they wanted to make sure that they got it authentic. Um that they authentically portrayed this process, the conflicts, and everything else. But they have a psychic link. They can talk to one another in their heads. They can relive memories together and actually visualize the memory occurring. Even stuff they weren't there for. They can Mm -hmm. pick up on those things in places. I'm still early on in the game where and the the good thing is that I watched the playthrough so long ago I don't remember a whole lot about it. Yeah. Just that I wanted to play the game. <laughs> it's when they did the oh. I forget what E3 or video game awards whatever it was. They um it premiered and I was like I want to play that game and it's still on my list mm-hmm. like uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny and a lot of them played it. And they all loved it. But, I mean, Don't Not Entertainment is the one who made this game. They made the Life is Strange games that is critically acclaimed, everybody loves. So everyone knew they were going to nail it. And mm-hmm. um, it's definitely on my list. I need to play it before it eventually leaves uh, Game Pass, but yeah. I still need to play it. The, the basic setup, for those that haven't seen it, is that the um, the mom had something going on. Right? She early on you're you're at least you're led to believe that she was just mentally unstable i don't know if that's how it's going to play out um but she was apparently having trouble dealing with ollie's desire to be a boy and uh so ollie comes in one night and this is you find this out right at the start uh, Allison has given Ollie a haircut mm. and she shows um, well, he shows his mom and apparently she has a shotgun in her hands at the time oh. and freaks Ollie out and at some point in the night while in the aftermath of this Ollie feels threatened to the point of needing to stab his mom. Probably in self-defense. And it kills her. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That escalated quickly. Yeah. So that's your base for the game. Um, he's sent away to a um, a place to basically rehabilitate in terms of from the trauma of that night. While there, he undergoes the therapy needed to transition. So when we meet Ollie, he's already Tyler. Mm. And he's packing up his stuff, getting ready to head out of this place where he graduated three years earlier and then stayed to be a counselor. Oh, cool. To help other, other youth. But they go back to their mom's house in their childhood home. And that's where all this really starts to kick off. See, that's it. That that pitch right there has got me, or the setup of it, has got me wanting to play it, though. Because, yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of mystery to it. And I've seen, like, some little bit of gameplay of them visiting the house and then having, like, those psychic stuff happening. So, mm-hmm. like, um, that's where, and stuff like that. I mean, life is strange. Every character has some sort of psychic power. 
and that's how they've always done. Like the first one, I think she can control time, and then Life is Strange two. One of the characters, I forget what hers was. Uh, was Life is Strange three just came out? She was an, she's an empath, like wow. she can feel feelings and things like that. So I mean they they know what they're doing, and the fact that they they worked with an organization and things to get this right to tell the story correctly. Is I mean, I'm just right. don't not entertainment knows what they're doing with their games, and that's why yeah. they'll always be on top, like with those yeah. narrative driven games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have been, um, I have laid off Destiny quite a bit. We're in a dry patch this month of November, um, December. We get the 30th anniversary stuff gets put into the game, so I'll start probably playing heavily again then. Uh, but November is a big month for video games, and so is December as well. So I've been playing, um, been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm still mm-hmm. on the uh, something the Dru- the Druids, Path of the Druids, Curse of the Druids, whatever the first expansion was. I'm still going through it. I'm almost done with it, and then I'll probably take a break with it, and then wait to play um, Siege of Paris until I get a little bit more time. But the big game that I've been playing that came out this past Friday was Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, I've played all the Zombies content, which is abysmal. should not have been released, quite honestly. And I feel like they just put it in there just to put it in there. Uh, because they have already said before the game launched, Chris, oh, excuse me, is that Zombies story content will not be available until the first week of December. Well, well why release the game? Why put that right. mode in there? And you can patch zombies into it. You know, just keep it right. locked. So, and like all of the zombies, professional, I guess your Call of Duty zombie streamers are all in uproar about it because it's like, there's nothing here. Like you do the same things over and over and over again and you can't do anything else. And like, there's nothing new. Like Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops, Cold War, which was last year, 2020's game, their zombies mode is very fleshed out, has a lot of stuff going for it. Uh-huh. And then it's such a serious downgrade to this year's. Um, now, multiplayer is fine. It's Call of Duty multiplayer. You get what you get. Uh, it's World War II, so there's not a whole lot of guns, not a whole lot of new things that they've done. But it launched with 20-plus multiplayer maps, which is a lot for our first release. Um, and then the multiplayer is is what I was really ex- excited about. Uh, Sledgehammer Games is the one doing the campaign this go-around. It takes place in di- different theaters of war for uh, World War II. And I am on the, technically, the third character. So how it does, without spoiling anything, you start off on a mission, and you're an Avengers-like team. You're a bunch of different people from different countries and different points of the war um, come together for this one special uh, secretive mission to get these the Phoenix Files from, uh, from the Nazis. And mm-hmm. eventually, something eventually happens, and then they start going through the backstories of each of your characters. Uh, the first one is your British officer and the Airborne after D-Day. The second one I'm playing now, it was a Russian medic was what she was, but her father was a very good marksman and a sniper, probably during World War One, and teaches both of his kids what to do, and we play as her. And the scene that I just played that, once I pick it back up, starts directly after it, was some of the coolest storytelling I've seen in a war game before. But I mean, there's a lot of good uh, writers on this game, and I have heard nothing but perfect things about this campaign. And I'm only like on the second character of, I think, five. And so like right now I'm in um, Russia. First off, I started off in somewhere in the UK. And then there's, a, there's an Africa one. There's an Australia one. A lot of these... Um, battles and wars that they don't really talk about or teach you in history classes is what you're playing through and i got a tweet that i took a picture of um that sledgehammer games tweeted out this past weekend which is you know of release um but it's just a picture of a mural and it's got three i'm showing the camera here it's got three uh painted soldiers on here oh yeah and there's a little quote beside it or whatever um, but the tweet says, this is for Sidney Cornell. This is for John Smythe. This is for everyone. Keep reading to learn more about the inspirational heroes. And they kept tweeting. Um, so on the mural, it's got the three pictures and then it's got a, a black space with words. It says, this is for the heroes that you haven't heard of. 
the untold stories, the faces you have never seen. This is for Sidney Cornell. This is for John Smythe. This is for everyone. Rise on every front. And each character that you play as are characters that are based on realistic history things that, I mean, yes, it's a, it's a video game that you have to kind of fill in some blanks, but it's, it's pretty, from what I'm understanding, it's not so loosely based on these actual real-life heroes, but it's more, more than loosely. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, you have to fill in some blanks. Right. Uh, I, again, I don't think they all came together to form this unit but they are all telling the stories of them in the, throughout the war. And I'm really excited about that because Cold War's campaign didn't really grab me. I didn't even beat it. But this one so far is grabbing me. There's something about World War II um, that really gets me interested in it because it's actual history. I mean, it's the, the biggest war that's happened in our past. So but I don't know, I'm really excited to play more of it. And again, multiplayer is good. Zombies is absolutely terrible. Do I think you should pay the seventy dollars for the the new gen? Not not yet that I've played. The campaign is good and multiplayer is good, um, but I haven't beaten the campaign. I mean, Call of Duty campaigns are always shorter, like maybe ten hours, give or take. Um, right. But from what I've played so far, and the things that they've done is awesome, very well done. So I'm really excited to play more of it. Um, and that's what I'll be playing more so this week. But then there's another game coming out on Tuesday that's going to take a little majority of my time as well. And it's just that time of year. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, let's get to our news stories here. They released, they showed off our uh, PlayStation Plus games for the month of November, which are available now. So if you have a PlayStation, make sure you claim these games. We have uh, PlayStation 5 Knockout City. Then we have... Heroes, um, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, which I've heard is a, a lot of fun. And then there's also First Class Trouble, which is PlayStation 5 as well. But what's interesting about this month, which is the anniversary of uh, PlayStation VR, they're releasing three VR titles for free. Uh, first one is Their Persistence. The second one is Until You Fall. And then the big one is that I'm, I'm going to get and play, which is, should surprise you, Chris, is The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. So what that is is wave-based zombie games, and um, I think Norman Reedus is in it as one of the yeah. characters. Now you play. I mean, you're you're standing still, but you got waves of zombies coming. You got to reach behind you and get guns and baseball bats and stuff like that, and actually take out the zombies. So that sounds fun. Something fun to play when the sun is up in the sky. Um, yeah. <laughs> the second thing I've got for our new story is Marvel's Midnight Suns launch window has been delayed to the second half of 2022. It was originally oh. supposed to come out in February, where everything else in the world is supposed to come out. So I'm glad that they did. Again, I don't know if I'm going to play this game because I'm not more for the tactical uh, puzzle games like that. But still exciting nonetheless. And then video games. We've got a lot coming out from last week and this week coming up. Just Dance 2022 for everything, November 4th. Animal Crossing New Horizons Update 2.0 and the Happy Home Paradise DLC was supposed to come out Friday, November 5th, but it actually came out Wednesday night, November 3rd. Call of Duty Vanguard came out November 5th on everything besides the Switch. Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Code Vary Volume 1 for PlayStation 5 and 4 came out November 5th. This week coming up, Forza Horizon 5 for Game Pass and Xbox November 9th. And Chris, let me tell you, so if you bought the premium version, it came out on Friday, this most recent Friday, and Chris, it looks so damn good. It is one of the highest rated games of the year. It's sitting at a 92 on Metacritic. Everybody's giving it nines, everybody's giving it tens, some are giving it eights, which is why it's a little bit lower, but it looks absolutely stunning, and I cannot wait to play it on Tuesday on the Series X. I just, I can't. Like, I'm not that big of a racing game guy. I have played several racing games in my career, but this game, it looks phenomenal, and I cannot wait to play it for free with Game Pass. The best deal in gaming, might I add. Yeah. Jurassic World Evolution 2 for everything, November 9th. Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, everything, November 11th. And as well as Skyrim Special Edition, which comes out November 11th on everything besides the Switch. Which, uh, Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, I will be buying. For Forza Horizon, I'm getting on Game Pass. And Skyrim Special Edition, I am buying. But here's the thing. It's an upgrade if you already have Skyrim. Um, 
extended edition or whatever it was that came out several years ago. But this is the 10 year special edition. And I want to buy just it. Like I want to buy just its case and everything too, instead of buying it on, on uh, digital, just because Skyrim is much part of my video game history as anything is. And uh, I, I want the case for it. So, but they haven't, that's the thing, I can't find it anywhere because I don't think they're releasing it physical. So, anyways, that is. That sucks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of holding out to see if they will. Um, but I mean, it comes out four days, Thursday. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. If anything, I'll just still buy it digital and go from there because I want to play it. And I've played that game multiple, 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 multiple times many very many playthroughs and i'm about to do it again the same exact playthrough i'll always do so it's just part of it <laughs> guys thank you so much for watching this and watching and or listening to this week's episode of nerdwide podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode we hope you enjoyed our episode of it uh our reviews on eternal uh, eternal not returnal the video game but guys let us know what you thought down below down in the comments of what you thought of the eternal movie our newest uh addition to the mcu cast I'm really excited to see what happens next. This, you know, we've already talked about it all quite a bit, so I just can't wait to see what comes next. Uh, don't forget to share all your favorite social media platforms. You can share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can go to nerdwide at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at ty underscore haynes. Or if you want to see Chris tweeting about Madden, you can go to at mavtn7. Um, if you get us on Facebook, we are just nerdwide.com on Facebook. You can search us there. But guys, as always, this has been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And we cannot wait to fill your ear holes next week. See you, everybody. Later, guys.